Welcome to Political Football with Matty Ice, Dave, and Cleve. How you guys doing? What's up, man? Hey. Merry Christmas to you guys. If I didn't get to say it, I said it on text, but I didn't say it in voice. So Merry Christmas to you guys. Happy holidays. Yeah. Hopefully Santa brought you everything you needed. Yep. Yeah. Santa brought me a 40-point loss on Christmas Day. So he and I are on the outs. Yeah, I, I we had two wins and we definitely lost the number one pick. So yeah, fuck <laughs> fuck you, Santa. <laughs> and on that note, um uh we'll get we'll get into it here a little bit. So we're gonna go through all the games. I want the listeners to know that some of these games we're gonna go by pretty darn quickly because the teams don't matter or the games didn't matter for whatever reason. So we wanna pay a little more attention to what's coming up next week for the playoffs. So some of these we're gonna discuss very shortly. Um, this game, the first game on Christmas Day, the Vikings 33 at the Saints 52. This game, not a lot in it. The Saints are really good. The Vikings are really bad. The main thing about this game is that Elvin Kamara rushed the ball for 155 yards and six touchdowns. Yeah, he had an Al Bundy type day. <laughs> he could have had seven. Yeah, I mean, he had a Gale Sayers type day. He did. Is there a mercy rule in the NFL or no? Am I mistaken about that? <laughs> Clearly, you didn't watch the Patriots beat the Redskins uh, 52 to 7 in 2007. So there is not a mercy rule. <laughs> no mercy rule. Okay. Nope. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no mercy rule. And, uh, you know, the Vikings did their part to sort of keep this game close, which is why Kamara was able to get six touchdowns. And this will come up again uh, when we discuss Tennessee later. Uh, Drew Brees in this game, though, I do want to note 19 to 26 for 311 yards. Uh, no touchdowns, but Kamara ran for a ball. And then uh, there was no Michael Thomas in this game. Michael Thomas will be back for the playoffs. So I think the Saints are just full and complete and uh, and ready to go. Uh, Matt, do you have any reservations left about the Saints? You know, you were a little hesitant on Breeze last week. I mean, I, I, I guess not if they're going to get this kind of production from Kamara. But up until now, you know, we've even said that the ceiling on what they're doing with him touches-wise has, hasn't worked. And the Vikings are 6-9. and nine. Uh, I guess we'll see what happens when they play a little bit more of a complete team. But, uh, you know, 19 to 26 is better. That's probably what they're looking for from Breeze, 26 completions. Um, you know, the 300 yards is good, but obviously, um, you know, if, if Kamara doesn't have his six touchdowns and they don't get the ball in the end zone there, they're going to need a little bit more uh, on that side against against the good team. So I guess we'll see when they come. But I, I don't think that they're in trouble in the first weekend. But, you know, when the playoffs get going and they start having some of these tough matchups, like are they going to be able to do this in the snow in Green Bay if that comes to it? That I'm not sure, that I'm not sure about. Right, exactly. Uh, so the next game here, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 47 and the Lions 7. This game was played on Saturday. Now, this looks like a pretty bad beatdown. And the thing is, it was. The Lions, Stafford got hurt very early on. So the backup, Chase Daniel, came in. Something happened to Chase Daniel. I don't know. I stopped watching when Stafford got hurt and was watching Top Chef instead. Um, <laughs> uh, but then at some point, the third-string quarterback came in. Uh, Cleve, who's the third-string quarterback for the Lions? He, he, for the started, Lions? he started on Thanksgiving last year. Oh my God! Is he is someone that's still in the league that I just will be shocked to hear? Uh, no, because you won't know the name. His name is David Blau. Wow, yeah. he, he lost his starting job at Purdue, and now he's playing for the Lions. So, uh, yeah, so the Lions got beat down. You would expect that. The main things from this game is that the Bucks are still frauds. I said they would win out after that loss, and they're going to continue to win out. The main thing for them, though, as they go into the playoffs, is that Tom Brady is playing very well against bad teams. And because it looks like they are going to be the best wild card team, they will go to the winner of the NFC East, which will be a bad team no matter what. 
Thus, I think that the Bucks actually are not likely to get upset by the NFC East winner in the first round. Yeah, it's it's um, if Brady pulls this hat trick, bro, greatest, <laughs> greatest ever. Uh, you no, know, in all seriousness, like we we said this in the beginning of the year, he fell off a cliff. This, that, and the other. I solely think that you know him on the field is different from what they coach up. So I just think that he's just playing his brand of football, and then. He's getting them. He's getting it done. Well, he, he's definitely going to have his chance to prove it. the uh, The next game we have here, we have the 49ers twenty at the Cardinals twelve. Uh, this is one of those games we're going to go by really quick. The only thing I want to know is that Kyler Murray thirty one of fifty for two hundred and forty seven yards. That puts him at under five yards per attempt, which like would be absolutely abysmal at the college level, let alone the NFL level, and especially when you're mm-hmm. to run it. Eight carries for 75 yards. I don't know what's going on there, but I maintain the Cardinals would be better off just moving on from Kingsbury as soon as possible. Yep. Uh, yep. I was actually I was actually going to say, Dave, yeah. that this game is perfectly set up what you talked about last week and how Kingsbury is the worst coach in that division. Mm-hmm. And then here he comes against a Shanahan coach team that I have given him props for weeks now, and they had no business losing to that team. Just no business losing to that team, and they, their their game plan was horrible. I know they had this CJ beat hard coming and beat them. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely atrocious. Um, yeah. So the Cardinals still have a chance to make the playoffs uh, next week, which we'll which we'll get into. But I'm but they said that Kyler's iffy though. I don't know if you guys saw any reports on that that he may not even play. Yeah, yeah, he's iffy. I'm going to I will assume he's going to play until he's declared out. Um, mm-hmm. Um, just because it's it's such an important game, but they did something they did something to keep to keep an eye on. Maybe Chris Strebler is the is the answer though for the Cardinals. <laughs> you know, Shit. They, and they must be playing in Seattle, so they might not get Seattle's uh, best players either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, no, they're not playing Seattle. They're playing the other one. They're playing the Rams. They're playing the Rams. Yeah, Wait, and and we'll get to the Rams later and their quarterback situation. But oh, it could man. be well, either one of those two teams could back into the playoffs with. Because of their backups, it, it could be fairly interesting. Yeah, that's going to be that is going to be just that's not even awful. Game that's awful season, for for a playoff spot. Uh, the next game we have here, this one was actually a very interesting game. We had the Dolphins twenty six and the Raiders twenty five. This was the nightcap on December twenty six. Uh, then the final five minutes of this game were absolutely just bonkers. So Nelson Aguilar had like an eighty five yard touchdown. Miles Gaskin had a 53-yard touchdown catch from Ryan Fitzpatrick, who was brought into the game, uh, called off the bench to save the day. The Raiders didn't get all the way back down the field, and they had a situation where they could have scored a touchdown with a minute to go, which would have forced the Dolphins to need a touchdown to win the game. They opted instead to kill as much clock as possible and kick up, you know, uh, an old-school extra point to take the lead. And I saw them getting crushed in a lot of places for playing for the field goal and then losing because the Dolphins only needed a field goal to win. And I've not looked at the math on this, but I think that their decision to play for the field goal there was absolutely correct. In order for the Dolphins to get the field goal range, they needed a blown coverage and for Ryan Fitzpatrick to complete a 50-yard pass looking behind him like the Exorcist girl. So... Um, I think that I actually think John Gruden was okay to play for the field goal in the situation because they're like ninety nine percent in both both scenarios. Yeah, and and like to your point, Dave, the the, the way that the Dolphins won that game was on, I think the the um, completion percentage for that pass before it left his hands was like one percent, uh, and that 
you know, the pest interference call, well, not, yeah, the, uh, the face mask, the whole, that's just the whole thing. Um, like you can't coach to, to say, well, if something all, if all of that happens, then we need to make sure that we get the touchdown. I agree with you. I think they made the right call. Cause I think nine times out of 10 the Raiders come out with a victory in that game. And it's not on Gruden for, for making that call or the players. I mean, we saw Todd Gurley mess that situation up earlier and we raked him over the coals for it. Um, and I, so this is just uh, that, that whole last sequence with the pass, the, the face mask, everything, it was just crazy. And you can't, predict that kind of stuff even the math can't predict that really yeah you could back it up go ahead please you could back it all the way up to Fitzy got to come in the game come into the game to save the day I don't know what's going on with the development of these quarterbacks that they can't stay out there and take their lumps like everybody else like it doesn't do any him any justice that he has to be pulled from the game I don't give a fuck how bad he is but again as you guys said you know weeks ago implications on making the playoffs they got to go with what they got so, um, yeah, are you like cranky because you're out of prune juice or whatever? That was the most boomer thing I've heard <laughs> in a long time. Um, so, first of all, the reason that the Tua came out of the game so Fitzpatrick could come in is that these are the exact situations where Fitzpatrick is awesome, right? Fitzpatrick is the guy who can lose the game for you early on because he throws a bunch of picks and you can't get back into it. Tua has 10 touchdowns to two picks on the year, completing 65% of his passes. The thing is, when you need that magic, that's why he's Fitzmagic. So you have this guy on your team. That's the exact situation where where you should use him. It's different. It's unique. It's not very often you you have this sort of situation, but they have it. And uh, so that's why for me, Tua is obviously the starter going going forward. And if they get into a situation like this again, I expect to see Ryan Fitzmagic with his magical beard come in the game. How many? I mean, how many times are we going to see this guy? Do this. What happens next year when Fitzy decides to retire or go play for his 18th team in the so, league? What happens? Well, the then? thing is, is that this situation is not going to be permanent forever, right? So you have a situation where Tua is now playing in his first year, coming off of this major injury. He's playing pretty well, but he clearly is not. You know, the game plan for him does that include just chucking it down the field like a crazy person, like he's Matt Stafford or Matt Ryan or Joe Flacco, right? It, it, mm-hmm. it, he's clearly a game manager sort of situation is what they want him to do right now. So when the game moves on from that, they go, wow, we need to score really fast and we need somebody who can just rip it down the field and doesn't care at all. Well, they have Ryan, you know, if Chase Daniel was their backup, Tua doesn't ever come out of the game, Right. They have the perfect person for it, and so that's why they're able. That's why they're able to do it. We're just not used to seeing this positional switching at uh, the quarterback position, but they do it at wide receiver all the time. They do it at running back, pass yeah, catching yeah. running backs, and whatever the nickel backs and pass rushing defensive ends. They have a come from behind chuck it down the field quarterback, and I think it's awesome. Okay. Yep. The uh, the uh, next game we have here, we have the Giants thirteen at the Ravens twenty seven. Uh, just a couple quick notes on this one. The first is that the Giants can win this division still. Jesus. And I'm torn here because I don't want them to, you know, just to stay on brand. On the other hand, if they win the division, they will win it at 6-10, and 10, which is something I've won in my entire life. And so <laughs> I think I'm actually rooting for the Giants. Um, wow. I, I don't know. I'm still thinking about it. I'm still thinking about it because the Cowboys are so much more fun to watch. But... And so, and, uh, actually, so is the Washington football team. But, man, a 6-10 and 10 division winner, and it's the Giants. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's wow. <laughs> yeah. 
but th- but this is these are the scenarios that don't happen too often. It's kind of like how infrequently the 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 popular vote winner ha- has lost the election, right? It's it's not happened so often uh, that it seems like people want to make a change. But I, I do have to wonder if this situation isn't uh, like an embarrassment to 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 some of the the merits that these other teams have. When you look at the AFC and you have four teams at 10 and 5 who are all vying for a playoff spot and one of those teams is going to finish with at least 10 wins and not make the playoffs and the Giants are going to have 10 losses and host the playoff game. Like to me that's an affront to the merit system of the entire thing and I get the divisional system is what it is but there has to be something that says, okay, so the NFC East winner is going to finish at best seven and nine. Um, they shouldn't get to host a playoff game because the 11 win box should not have to travel somewhere else to play them. And I know that this is maybe a boomer take, but this division was so awful they, that they don't really merit being in the playoffs to begin with. And then we're going to reward them with a home game. And I get that today in today's world, it doesn't matter as much, but I think you get the idea that we're rewarding crappy play and a team that has at least gotten to what 10 11 wins is being told they have to go play this team and i mean i know it's 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 a bad team but any given sunday could happen and if they get upset i would be just so pissed because that team shouldn't be there to be so i 100 percent disagree and and it's not because i think that you're incorrect i think it's more like what we have with the ohio state indiana situation in college where Indiana should have gone to the Big Ten title game, but they ripped it for Ohio State because Ohio State is just clearly better. Like, you're right that Tampa is better than any team in the NFC East and that um, it might be unfair, but the thing is it's not because that's the structure going into it. So the NFL is not set up like college where the four best teams are chosen to make the playoffs. In the NFL, if you win your division, you get to host a playoff game and that's it. You know that's that's just how it is. They don't even they don't say that the best teams are going to make it. The division winners are going to make it, and then the three best teams that are left over are going to make it. And then the division winners get to host the playoff game. So they are they are meritorious in their situation because that is the merit required. No, I get that, but the merit like the this year, and again, it's not happened often enough for it to be like changed for forever. But it's just an affront, in my opinion, to the merit, the idea of merit, because I know they're winning their division, but it's a dog shit division with mediocre to bad teams at best. So, like, what? <laughs> yes, okay, you won your division, but you didn't do it in a way that meant that it, it, it doesn't feel like merit. It just feels uh, like formality. Yeah. To me, that's all. It's pop and circumstance. Right. The other thing, the other thing to remind you, too, is that this division, the NFC East, has been is in this position primarily due to injury, right? If honestly, if Saquon is healthy all year, given where the given where they are in this situation, they probably are have already won this division. If Dak is healthy all year, the Cowboys, given where they are, have already, already won this division. If everybody on the Eagles besides Carson Wentz had been healthy all year, the Eagles have probably already run this division. The division, I think, is really poor across the board because all the three better teams have been injured down to the level of the Washington football team. So I don't think that they are lacking on merit. I think that they're lacking in circumstance, but the structure of the league accounts for that. So I actually think that the that the winner of the NFC East is deserving of hosting 
the playoff game. And the thing is, if they win the game, that will actually help strengthen their argument for having been able to host it in the first place. Let me, and I have no, I have no uh, dog in this fight, and I have no position with the shit that my team put out this year. <laughs> if any one of you jerk offs from the Giants wears a divisional <laughs> championship hat, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, okay? Just, just, I just had to put that out there. If I see you with a divisional jersey, fucking shirt or a hat, fuck you. Seriously. Yeah, I don't know if I would hang a banner necessarily for winning the division uh, at, <laughs> at 6 and 10 or 7 and 9. No, but, the guys do that. Guys do that, and I'm like, why? What? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, I, I can I can, I can, can get behind that. I don't think you should be gloating about your division win if you if you rip it at 6 and 10 or 7 and 9. I do think, though, that you deserve... <laughs> To, to host to host the playoff game, um, yeah, just because yeah. like I agree that was the structure and and agreed upon going into it. And again, if Dak is healthy all year, the Cowboys win this division by two and a half games easy. They're not very good, but they uh, they crush it, and we're like, well, that's kind of fortunate. They're eight and eight, nine and seven. They get to host the Bucks. So, yeah. uh, the, all the other note for the Ravens this game is that De- Des Bryant scored again. <laughs> he did the X up. Yeah. Uh, so good, good for Des. Um. Okay, the next game. The next game that we have here, we have the Falcons fourteen at the Chiefs seventeen. Um, mm. and I do want to just go over briefly the running back situation for the Chiefs. So when Clyde Edwards Hilaire got hurt, it was put on IR to miss the rest of the regular season. Everybody thought Le'Veon Bell. This is why they signed him. He's the man. He's going to be in there or whatever. Well, the Chiefs are in this close game. They actually had to come from behind in the fourth quarter. Of course, it's the Falcons. Daryl Williams played 47 snaps. Le'Veon Bell only played 20. There's, I mean, there's something in that. There is something, there is something wrong with Lev if that's, um, if that's the case. And then the other note I have in this game is that the Chiefs have locked up home field advantage. They will not be playing anybody that matters in Week 17. Yeah, they have a march. They have a march to the title, bro. I mean, we're, we're going to talk about it when we get to the Monday night game uh, later. But I think that there's probably only one team that can really beat that can beat Kansas City. And if this game's in Kansas City it's gonna have to be in Kansas City, man, I don't know. Yeah. I think I know where you're gonna go with that. So I'm excited to hear about that yep. part of it. Well, the interesting part about this is I've been I've been saying that the Chiefs are, you know, are, are near unbeatable. But if you look at like if you look at the the micro level stuff here in some of these games um, there are some troubling trends that don't necessarily mean that they're going to translate to the pl- to the playoffs necessarily. But I mean, Mahomes' completion percentage has been you know hovering just above fifty percent the last few games. Some of his decision making has been interesting. Uh, the one pick that he did throw was very human, to your point, Dave. And then there was an interception dropped uh, at you know at another point in the game as well. There's been a lot more pressure. He's been under duress a lot more. He got hit a lot. Uh, I can't remember which game it was. I think it was the Saints game. Just got absolutely hit a lot, more than he's accustomed to. And they're not going to play anybody next week, no matter you know what, what they do with the starters and so forth. But I do wonder if perhaps these tough games, if it looks like they're trending a little bit downward, and not that that necessarily means anything, but as you, you kind of alluded to, the Bills seem to be ascending quite uh, you know, quite pre- uh, precipitously up, right? And it's like, if they meet at, at the right time, that they played each other in October. These two teams, the Bills specifically, are much different than they were uh, during that game. And I don't know. I, again, I, these are the things that I see where they haven't been looking as impressive. You know, some of these teams that start out super hot look like world beaters. 
the season starts to wear on them. You know, they had a deep run in the playoffs last year um, and, and things like that. So I do wonder uh, if if some of the, the cracks are starting to show in this. And the fact that they don't have an established run game, or at least they don't seem to have one, and I know they're going to get uh, Edward Tolaire back, it is somewhat troubling, just, just in my view. And that doesn't mean that they're going to lose some game, but I think they're a little bit more vulnerable than I have been saying they were in the weeks prior. I just think they, I just think that they are, and this might be, be a really rudimentary or elementary way of looking at this. I think that they are so talented that they think they can just go out there and just scheme up whatever. And did you see that play with the three, three or four of them just turned around and went to the line or some shit and then Pat went out for a pass <laughs> or whatever? Like they're doing, they're doing too much. Like you're, we get it. You guys are talented. You got, you got track stars on the fucking offense like we get it but it's like other teams are scheming to play too so I think that if they don't watch it they're gonna get beat really badly you know and if, if, if Mahomes goes out they have no shot so the thing is is that we like to come down on teams like the Chargers for consistently losing close games uh the Chiefs are the opposite mm-hmm. you know the Chiefs have shown that they could win games where they don't play well they can win games that are ugly they can win games where the other team plays well they can win the other team plays well on the mm-hmm. road like they're that's the thing. They they play in all these different types of games and they're they're winning them. And that's that's the thing that I think is the is the most important thing to take from here. And the other thing too is that um, you know, Mahomes is completing just about fifty percent, but they've pretty much taken out a lot of the short screens and he's throwing this ball way the hell downfield a lot. And I don't I, I don't know why that is because they can't really run the ball that well. So you think the short screens would be would be in there a bit more, but it could just be that they're just saving them. You know, they're just, they're just holding on to them yeah, because they yeah. know that like this game didn't matter, last game didn't matter, and they stole one of both. And the next game they're not even going to play. So you know, I, I I don't know. I I don't think that the Chiefs are necessarily trending down. I just think that they have shown that they can win all all kinds of games. Mm. Uh, and we'll discuss this more when we get when we get to, to Buffalo because I do want to discuss their side of it as well. Uh, the next thing we have here we have the Browns sixteen at the Jets twenty three. Cleve, the Jets are in a bit of a winning streak. Yeah, a little bit, but no one. And this is this is so this is so like an oxymoron or alternate universe type thing for like Bizarro on Superman's planet. It's like it's like they won these games, but we're like. So what? <laughs> Either it's it's too late in the season for celebrating wins, or like we just locked up the like we're not going to get the pick that we wanted. Yeah, or we some, should have gotten. So somebody yeah, somebody uh, on Wikipedia changed the photo for Pyrrhic victory to a photo of the Jets. Oh yeah, because I mean that's I mean that's it. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, the Jets are they're locked in into number two, so you can go ahead and root for them this week to win to get three wins because you're picking number two no matter what. So. So you're locked in there. Yeah. Uh, the more interesting thing on this in this game, though, is the Browns. One, because they lost. Uh, but two, they had no wide receivers because of COVID. So here we go. The situation comes up again. The Broncos had to play with no quarterbacks. Now the Crazy. Browns had to play with no wide receivers. So they had no Jarvis Landry, um, no Donovan Peoples-Jones, no Rashard Higgins, no Kendall Hodge. And, of course, Odell Beckham is already out with a knee injury. So that's their top five receivers out, four due to yep. COVID. They started Marvin Hall this game. I didn't even know Marvin Hall wasn't on the Lions anymore. <laughs> like, like, wow. Um, uh, and so the only thing I want to say about, about the situation, I'll turn it over to Matt here, is that I thought going into this game that you have no wide receivers, but you have Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt. And Kareem Hunt is excellent in the pass game. 
you would split him out wide a lot so you get both of them on the field so you have your best players available. Uh, Kareem Hunt played one of his 35 snaps at wide receiver. So I found that interesting, and I wonder if it's connected to why they lost. I, I think it is. Um, there's a couple things about this. Number one, the 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 protocols or the consistency in the protocols. Like I can say, and again, I'm not versed in it, but I'm definitely confused because we've seen some games get pushed and some games not get pushed. And two of the games that have not been pushed are an, a scenario in which a team doesn't have a quarterback. They have to start a practice squad receiver, and then a team that has something to play for in the Browns have no wide receivers like and i think 15 targets for austin hooper which i said i joked with you guys what would the line be on how many pass attempts to a wide receiver and it was a lot more than i thought but that brings to your point Dave. 53 pass attempts for baker nowhere near where they want to be at all if they're going to the be jets. successful the jets but a couple other interesting things uh up until this game the browns have had really consistent offensive line play baker was under duress the whole game um, four sacks. I mean, oh. you know, he's thrown 53 times and he's getting, you know, he's, he's under duress a lot. Only 11 carries for Nick Chubb. And yes, I know they, they were quote unquote down by multiple scores, but that's their bread and butter. And Nick Chubb should be getting a few more touches. Like the 53 attempts, I don't understand how that game plan works out when you don't have four wide receivers. Uh, and so I think it's a combination of the COVID stuff, you know, and having no wide receivers, but also the game plan didn't seem to fit the deficiencies that they had coming into the game. Yeah, no, I, I actually completely agree with you. I'd like, so first of all, they found out on Saturday, so it's not like they had a lot of time to plan, but my first thought was, okay, they no longer have any wide receivers of consequence, but they have three good tight ends and two really good running backs. So to yes. me, that means, okay, our, our game plan, we want to run the ball anyways. And even though we're playing a team that we should be more talented than, that really goes up the air when you don't have any wide receivers, right? I mean, the best wide receivers in this game, the four best are all the Jets, right? So I would think we want to keep the ball away from the Jets. We want to control the clock and all that. We're going to run. We're going to run out uh, 12 personnel, two tight ends, or three tight end sets, and just like like Army-Navy, you know what I mean? <laughs> just, just run the ball like crazy no matter what. And the thing is, they could have done that. You know, they were fall, they fall behind two scores to the Jets, but you have to assume the Jets aren't going to turn it on and get like four scores eventually. The Jets scored 23, and that's about yeah. as much as they were ever going to score. So, just go Well, it, and I almost wondered, I almost wondered too, if this was Stefanski's, you know, still being a young head coach in this league, because the Jets very obviously knew what this, the game plan was going to be for the Browns, and, stacked, mm -hmm. and they stacked the box. So... Chubb gets two and a half carry, two and a half yards of carry on eleven carries, and then instead of just kind of working through that, because to your point, Dave, if you keep trying to run, 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 eventually you're going to wear them down. And it's not like the Jets; the Jets have been better, better on defense than their record would indicate. But they're eventually going to wear them down because those two guys, especially if you're doing what you suggested, splitting Kareem Hunt out, um, you know, and all that kind of thing. Eventually, I think they're going to wear them out and beat them because even without their wide receivers, the talent that they have remaining should be better than the talent that the Jets are putting out there. But it almost was like, well, the run's not working, so let's go away from it. And it, it seems very panicky, if that makes sense, to where, well, Baker needs to throw a lot more. And Baker's probably thinking, I don't have really anybody to throw to, especially the plays that they're scheming up. It, it just seemed like a game in which a more seasoned head coach might have made some different adjustments 
to, to, to win the game. Um, and by the way, Cleve, just so you know, born on this day, Lavernius Cole. So happy, <laughs> wow. bir- happy birthday wow. to him. <laughs> could you could you guys imagine if this was like, I know we're talking about the Jets and fucking Browns, but could you imagine if this was like the Chiefs or any other team of merit trotting out no receivers to play a game? And what if the nightmare scenario was a divisional game or pivotal game, NFC, whatever, um, it's gonna championship happen. game? It shows the it shows the NFL so, doesn't give a shit. We get it that the Broncos sorry the, the Broncos had four quarterbacks, but their their team's dog shit. So the Browns actually had a chance, and they they got. So here's blocked. the thing: is that the NFL has already demonstrated very clearly that the only thing that they're concerned about is further spread of the virus between teams, and then the teams becoming agents to spread the virus in the community because that's an awful look. What they're able to determine that it's yep. reduced, that it's in this this group of people, this position group or whatever, that's it. They don't care. And again, mm-hmm. that's what they said going into it. So if you go back to the season preview show, I actually used the Falcons. I was like, what's going to happen? The Falcons don't have any wide receivers. Yeah, yeah, you did. Did yeah. it happen here with the Browns? Yeah, yeah. I think this could easily happen in the playoffs. Like it could be, it could be yep. divisional week, and we're like, oh, the Chiefs are so great, and they're like, hey, the Chiefs don't have any quarterbacks. And now we're just running Wildcat Levy on Bell all game wow. in the in the wildcard or the divisional round. So I'm not I'm not um as concerned about that because they did say that that would happen if this if this comes up and that's just something that, you know, that's just dumb luck and it's bad for the Browns or whatever. But I think the Browns I think that this showed that the Browns were not able to adapt fast enough on the fly. I actually think the Broncos had a better game plan with no quarterbacks than the Browns had with no wide receivers. Yeah, but you find out the day, you find out Saturday night, or well, let's say Saturday morning, you got to scheme this up now in like fifteen hours or whatever. Like, are you like that's that's, that's no, I so I agree. But the other thing too is that they're a run heavy team that have three good tight ends already. They should have a lot of twelve personnel packages and everything ready to go. You know, it's not like it's not like they haven't yeah. practiced having a lot of tight ends on the field or two running backs at the same time or whatever like that. They should already have that, right? If this happened to the Lions and they're like, makes sense. oh, we need to play uh, a lot of TJ Hawkinson and Jesse James, like, yeah, then maybe you're in trouble. Okay. Yeah, the, the strength of this team is running the football and they didn't have a run-heavy scheme even with 50, you know, even with 24 hours notice. I mean, that, that I, agree, I kind of agree with Dave on that. It seems like the Browns actively lost this game because they didn't make the adjustments based yep. off of the deficiencies. Uh, so the next game we have here, we're going to go through this one quickly. We have the Bears 41 at the Jags 17. Uh, the Bears have now scored <sighs> over 30 points four games in a row. It's the first time since the George Hallis Gale Sayers days. Good job, Bears. You know, way to show up here. But the Bears, they they are they are now in a position to be winning in. If they if they beat the Packers this week, they are in the playoffs. So yeah, I mean to me that's almost as embarrassing as the NFC East. But hey, whatever. And then uh the Jags, of course, did lock in the number one, the number one pick. Therefore, Trevor Lawrence is going to Jacksonville. Before the season started, you could have bet Trevor Lawrence is the number one overall pick at minus two fifty. It is now minus six thousand. Mm-hmm. That means it is now twenty four <laughs> times more likely now than it was at the start of the season. Uh, so I hope you got in your minus wow. two fifty tickets earlier. Um, and then last thing here, the Jags started Mike Glenn into this game to make sure that they lost. <laughs> this this game the last few games that the Bears have played is so so dangerous for next offseason because 
Trubisky has actually looked better yes, and more yes. accurate. And and it's like, oh, are they are they going to be in that weird spot where they feel like that last the last few games of the season when they haven't been playing, you know, really top tier talent and he's looked really good means that he's turned some corner. I'd like to think that we know enough about him at this point that he's not probably the answer there. But I just love this scenario because it's like he's screwing over Dave because three weeks ago Dave said the Bears can technically play, make the playoffs, but just no yep. was the direct quote. And here's Mitch Trubisky actually looking like a competent quarterback, making throws down the field, being a lot more accurate. And the Bears have been putting up some major points. I don't I, – I, I, I would not be happy if I was a Bears fan because you just kind of want to move on and, and start over. Yep. But yet you feel like you're going to get – another yeah. oh there's a quarterback controversy so the thing is, is that the just bears are getting in the first round if they make it they're not playing in the nfc east mm-hmm. team uh so and they can't play the packers because yep. they'll field advantage you're saying they're at new orleans where they're at seattle so like this mm-hmm. is not going to go on for that long and that game is going to be a disaster for them and that will settle that right when trubisky goes into new orleans or into the 12th <laughs> man and gets absolutely destroyed they'll be like well he got us there but clearly he's not the one to get us past russell wilson and drew Brees, and he's done boom so yeah. well mitch if you're listening uh yeah i said he's coming out of college and he's still hey. stuck now enjoy the xfl <laughs> <laughs> dave got dave dave had the delorean like primed up and he got in right when he, then he had these good games <laughs> i can't i can't wait for trubisky to beat pete carroll on a goal line <laughs> fade grand. oh my uh, god he scored two touchdowns in this game by the way <laughs> also a listener of the show um the next game we have here jesus christ uh the Bengals 37 at the texas 31 uh a critically important game in here on the fantasy football championship week but uh not important for anything else except for this. We talk a lot about the first overall pick and the second overall pick, but the third overall pick just had a huge swing with this game. With the Bengals winning this game, the Texans are now in position to pick third overall, which is great for them because they need a lot of help. The problem is that Bill O'Brien traded this pick to the Dolphins for Laramie Tuttle, which means the Dolphins have the third overall pick oh. in the draft right now. Wow. I think it'll be the first time since 1999 a team could make the playoffs and have a top five pick. See, this is where, like, when Dave said you hire him, right. you fire him again on the spot. <laughs> yeah, just um, and which means that now that the uh, the Dolphins are actually in a position to get Panay Sewell, the top uh, offensive tackle prospect, with a you know, like mm-hmm. last year's offensive tackle prospects, there were there were a lot of like we're not sure which ones or whatever. A couple hit Jedrick Wilson for Cleveland, Mackay Beckton, Cleve really hit for the Jets. Um, but Penny Sewell's a better prospect than any of them. So they could actually get a real good offensive lineman out of that, too. Uh, other than that, both these teams sucks, and that led to a fun game. Yeah. Dave, did you see that? Did you see that? Or any one of you guys, did you see that play where Deshaun's yes. hand went up under the face mask or one of the... Uh, dude, I, I cringed at that moment because I'm like, dude, this could have ended his his run yeah. until next year. Well, he, he said he's playing this playing week. football. Two things. Uh, J.J. Watt is totally going to be a Seahawk next year after that (laughs) rant that he had. um, That that rant that he had. And by the way, you know how they do guest uh, pickers? Not pickers, but like they do. They have some somebody related to the franchise come out and make the picks in the first mm-hmm. uh, first round of the draft or whatever. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins should be total shitheads and have Bill O'Brien announce their picks. Oh, man, that would be fucking great. <laughs> fucking great. 
<laughs> and like the NFL would make him do it oh. just for being a shitty head coach. <laughs> that would be I would I would DVR oh, that dude, and watch it watch over and over. over, and over yeah, again. no, yes. that would be um, yes. that would be that would be really really something. Um, the the next thing we have here we have the Colts twenty four at the Steelers twenty eight. Uh, this game was significant and exciting, but somehow neither. So the Colts blew a twenty four to seven lead. Which is a crushing loss. As I said last <laughs> week, if they win this game, they're 80% to make the playoffs. If they lose it, they're 20%. And now they are on the outside looking in. They need to win this week. Uh, they play Jacksonville, so, you know, they should. But then they also need one of the other teams in the AFC to lose. And we'll get to that scenario a little bit later. But basically, the Colts blew a 17-point lead in control of their own destiny. The Steelers, on the other hand, came back, got a win, but nothing, nothing has changed for them, really. Did you see the last the last sequence? Because I was expecting a text from any one of you to show to tell me Philip Rivers is who Philip Rivers is, because that was such a desperate drive. He was chucking it up like he was like like someone had a gun to one of his kids. It was ridiculous, bro. Philip Rivers is not. I don't. I, I don't even know why. Like this is a thing with him. What do you mean? Like like why, why people think he's good? Like no, like he like he just doesn't like. He's good over the over the spread, but he's not like when it's clutch time, when it's time playoff, like around this time of year, he just he regresses or he just doesn't show up. I don't know what the fuck it is. Like he'll have some games of some like week five. He's he's you know, he's doing his thing. And then now it's like, well, what, what are you doing? I'm telling you guys, he's not, he's he's that's Philip Rivers. Like he playoffs Cleve, whatever. Cleve, he Cleve has down. borrowed the DeLorean, he has gone into forward in the future. Uh, So last week, Cleve, I said that the Colts would be the team uh, left out. Uh, Do you think that that's pretty much a lock now? Do you think think that Phillip Rivers is just going to choke against Jacksonville, or what do you think? I, I, well, I mean, you got the DeLorean, so you probably know what it is, but like I said, I, (laughs) he goes out there and lays an egg against Jacksonville, then I want a bottle of champagne. Okay, well, I don't know what makes or what a good champagne is, but I'll <laughs> the Costco get you the first bottle I see. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, the 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 entirety of the AFC South kind of laid an egg this week, and I can't say that I'm unhappy about that. But um, you know, this game was interesting, Dave, because the the Colts looked primed to win this, and that they were they were really going to cement themselves think about if they win this game especially with the game that we're going to talk about later with the titans like they've really cemented themselves probably even locked themselves in and you know they, they end up losing to a steelers team that gets a little bit of a boost of confidence but also one of the most laughable plays in the league is any time that the steelers <laughs> run a play action i'm like what are you oh, seriously yeah. like oh the fake handoff i wonder if they're going to hand it off because they handed it off 14 total times that including two Ben kneel downs. So yeah, um, <laughs> like so, they're 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 not running the football at all. So play action is just it is it is such a is it is such a dishonor uh, dishonor to like the Jerome Bettises of the world, the fast Willie Parkers, and all those guys that these guys can't muster a running game because we know Pittsburgh. All of us know Pittsburgh from their illustrious uh, lineage. They they always have a running game. This is ridiculous. So it was interesting that the Colts, you know, lose this game, but they still have, you know, a decent shot to make it, especially since they're playing a team that has nothing to play for now since they've locked up the first pick. But you're right, Dave, this game was 
really not exciting and it was supposed you know there, there was there was a lot on the line in this game but it's interesting how everything played out all the teams that had something to play for ended up losing and now we have the the last week of the season has a ton of intrigue with a bunch of teams that seem to not want yeah, to get no in. no i think i think that's <laughs> absolutely right i mean the playoff picture is, is just absolutely nuts in the afc um and yes we will get to the other team the afc south that matters laying their egg in a little bit uh, the next game, though, we do have here. Oh, sorry, Cleve, real quick. You mentioned uh, Fast Willie Parker and Jerome Bettis. Not want to talk about Franco Harris? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I wanted, I wanted to go back to my era, but then, then I got to hear you fucking guys give me dust ball jokes. So, you know what? Yeah, listen. <laughs> um, fuck you both. Uh, yeah, who, who, who's better, Lynn Swan or John Stallworth? Oh, uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Nobody cares. Oof. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. <it's> <laughs> Anyways, Panthers 20, the Washington football team 13. Uh, the Washington football Jesus team could have, I think, I think if they win this game, they'd actually won the division. So I think they pulled the Colts here um, and lost. Yep. Mm-hmm. However, um, they are still winning in this week. Uh, if they win and they get they get the Sunday night game, if they win, if they beat the Eagles, they're in and that's that. So they're still in that position. Now, um, we were going to have a, a fuller discussion about Dwayne Haskins here uh, about, you know, how he was drafted and what does it mean to be a bust or whatever. We're going to hold that discussion for the offseason more towards draft time and an overall discussion about draft busts throughout history and whatnot. But I do want your guys' thoughts to the fact mm-hmm. that Dwayne Haskins was cut this week, starting with Matt. I mean, it tells you a lot that they started him in the season, and then they benched him for Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen did not play well, and then he had that really bad injury. And they ended up moving to Alex Smith, who was a really good feel-good story. Um, and they played better, right? They, 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 they did. And then they lose Alex Smith, which I think is really at the crux of all of this. Because if they don't lose Alex Smith, they probably win one of these last couple of games. And we're not really talking about him here. But on the field... I mean, Haskins really never had a shot because it's poorly managed. The team doesn't really have a lot of um, talent around them. And, you know, say what you want about whether he was ready and all of that. I mean, he just didn't prove it. And then his off-the-field actions seem to mimic his lack of leadership on the field. And it just seemed like the team, a.k.a. Ron Rivera, uh, really were not impressed with him to the point of keeping him. And when you have, and let's all learn who this person is but they probably knows because he follows high school football. Yeah. but taylor heineke is that how you said it all right so taylor heineke comes Jesus. in and they think he is a better option to win not only in the middle of this game <laughs> but next week too with the division on the line uh, to me that at least says enough of how the team and the organization feels about haskins at this point i only got only got one thing did you guys see when haskins walked on the field to pat the pat the young man on the back I thought that was probably the most laughable moment and career-crushing moment of, of, of his life. Um, I mean, you guys said it, you know, we're going to talk about it in the offseason. I just thought that, you know, what else can you do? You got a chance to win the division, a shit division at that, and you thought in a pandemic it'd be great to go out to a strip club and get strippers on you, whatever that fuck. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know what? <laughs> You, 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 you've been yeah, there, what, two years? He's been there two years? Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, you're, you know, you could probably be a third stringer somewhere in the league next year. Or, like like Dave said, go to the XFL and develop 
you're suffered to a quarterback because it okay. ain't happening, bro. So uh, I looked up uh, uh, Taylor Heineke on Player Profiler, and the player he comps to the most is Brett Smith, who I don't remember. So that's that's not a good sign. <laughs> oh, he's going to Old Dominion, so he's a, a good a good Virginia kid here. Uh, was he on that Virginia on that no. team that beat? No, Tech? he was the quarterback before. Was he the quarterback that. of that team? No. Um, oh. Travis Fulgham, a okay. wide receiver for the Eagles, was the star of, of that game. Um, but Taylor Heineke, okay. he is an 87th percentile athlete at the quarterback position, according to player profiler. So he can at least move a little bit. And he played for Carolina some games last year, which is why Ron Rivera now has him in Washington. So, you know, he knows the offense. He's not terrible. Yep. Like, you know, I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl with him. I don't think they win the Super Bowl, period. But I don't think that they're like forfeiting next week by playing him either. And they do have Gosh. another option if he doesn't work out because uh, Logan Thomas, former Virginia Tech uh, quarterback, that is that is that, is that is that is actually true. Wow. If, if they do get hit with the COVID no quarterback situation, we could get Logan Thomas, um, who was what he was like a forty percent passer in college. I'm sure he'll be even better in the NFL. <laughs> hey, Logan Thomas played in that Sugar Bowl against Michigan that we talked about a few weeks ago. So he was the starter that year. I had such a I was okay. I, I loved him. I was like, this guy's good. So, Lo, so Logan and Thomas lost to Brady Hope so. is your argument for why he's good. Got it. Oh. Um. Hey. <laughs> that was that 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 was a catch in that game, by the way. But we'll we'll move on. Um uh yeah. Uh quickly, right after that game, I was at that game. Right after that game, I uh walked by David Wilson on Bourbon Street. And realized why I was never going to play college football. Um, he was a running back, and mm-hmm. he made me—he literally made me look like Tyrion Lannister. So, <laughs> oh shit! David Will, David Wilson was one of the most electric electric running backs I saw at Tech, and I saw quite a few. Uh, he was so good, and his pro career got cut short. Uh, and it was, uh, if, if I remember correctly, it was some kind of an injury uh, that that cut his career. Yeah, short, no, right? it he was a combination suck, of injury and playing for the I, Giants. Yeah. So, but yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the guy was doing backflips all by himself, at, you know, in the end zone after scoring touchdowns, and he just was yep. lightning. On the the, uh, the next thing so we good. have here, the least important game of the week. I'm literally just going to mention it here. Um, the Broncos 16 at the Chargers 19. Neither team matters. This game was boring despite being close. I don't want to talk about this game just to say. That both these teams will be frequently discussed in the offseason for various reasons. So we'll move on now, but don't worry if you're a fan of the Broncos or the Chargers. I mean, worry in general because you suck, but like, um, don't worry that we're not going to discuss them. We'll get to them later. Uh, yes, the uh, next game are uh, we have the Eagles 17 at the Cowboys 37, and the Cowboys just finally show up for a game. Way to go, guys. Oh, but mm-hmm. here they are. Uh, so first of all, I want to say good thing the Eagles played for that tie against Cincinnati back in week two or whatever. Um, that really helped them out a lot there, not getting that win. Way to go. Um, if they had won that game against Cincinnati, they could still be playing for the division this week as well. But they settled for a tie, and now they're the only team in the division that can't win, despite having the best quarterback in the division now. Um, and then the... Uh, one statistical note I have on this game is Deshaun Jackson's stat line. And this is just this is just the most swagged out Deshaun Jackson <laughs> stat line ever. One catch, eighty-one yards, one touchdown on one target. <laughs> it's great. 
Yeah, right like, back to the I, fucking bus. My bro. work here is done. <laughs> Don't you just have the Bo Jackson just or the Forrest Gump like into the tunnel and just keep going because he, he had his one play and was in yep. was out. But uh, Matt, you got anything on the Cowboys here? Yeah, the Cowboys finally looked like I thought they would offensively with Dalton because I said a couple weeks ago that their uh, their drop from their starter to their um, their backup was not nearly as precipitous as a lot of other teams for, for the most part. And Dalton looked really good. Um, the other thing, too, is I noticed, at least about the Eagles, is Peterson seemed to be a lot more confident in the plays that he was calling. And I, I wondered if that's because whatever once was putting out there, you know, the, the yep. play calling wasn't bad, but the, 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 the quarterback play was. However, Jalen did look like a rookie in a lot of spots, especially late in the game. Uh, a lot of throws at the end that just I think I even texted you guys mm-hmm. offline that said that was a rookie throw uh, by, yeah. by, by Jalen. And that that stuff is going to happen. That that's not necessarily doesn't mean that he's not good well, or isn't playing. It, it just is like rookies are going to make mistakes for the most part. So that's well, it's, it's what you guys you know said earlier about a couple of a couple of other guys when when they're down big he's got to like he's got to try to you know do what he can to rally. Well, the Eagles so, were up fourteen to three in this game after the first quarter. Well, no, no. Or so yeah, you know, yeah. Later but, they but when they got down, yeah. When they got down, have to play from behind. You know, he's a rookie quarterback. Like he's seeing all these these defenses now for the first time. Yeah. So you know, I'm, I'm not asking him to get a guy a pass, but I think what you just said was really important about Peterson calling certain plays and is confident that the quarterback on the field is going to actually try. So to I actually have a bit of a different opinion on what happened with Jalen Hurts in this game, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I think Jalen's got some of that Fitzpatrick in him. And, you know, so they open up 14 to three mm-hmm. and Hurts is playing fine. And then all of a sudden they're down because their defense cannot stop Andy Dalton. I mean, Dalton was just crushing that defense. Michael Gallup had a huge game. Amari Cooper had a big game. C.D. Lamb had a huge game. And I think that Jalen Hurts is like, okay, well, they're going to score a lot. So we have to score a lot. So, and I like that mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter mm-hmm. in the NFL how much you lose by. It's only whether you win or lose. And so I think Hurts is out here thinking like, okay, I just have to chug this ball downfield. I have to try to fit in tight windows. I have to try to do something because we need to score 45 points to win this game. You know, he's watching his defense just collapse and he's like, all right, we got to get 45. And he went out there to try to do it. And the thing is, when, yeah. you, when you do that, you know, it's not going to work that frequently in that situation. But it's the only path that the Eagles had to win in that situation. So I actually thought Hertz was making the correct decisions. They were just the more difficult decisions that you wouldn't make if the game was close or if you were winning or whatever. Yeah, they're panicked. They have to make up ground. And, you know, he's a rookie. So we got to give the rookie chance to be a rookie. And that's why I said about Tua. Games on, you know, games, you're getting beat. Play. Only way to get better. Cowboys look good. Uh, I think if I think they can play like this against the Giants and at least win. And I think the Eagles, sh- if especially if you know Alex Smith isn't going to come back, I-, I would like to think that the Eagles could beat Washington next week. So we could see the Cowboys in. And I did tell my, my in laws that if we have if the Cowboys make the playoffs, we're going to have a watch party, and I'm going to bet big on the Cowboys to lose. So I'll be the happy person that listen. Get smoked. All decent people are happy when the Cowboys lose. <laughs> Apologies to your in laws. 
Oh, no, but I was like, hey, if it wins us a lot of money, you guys will all be unhappy, but... Yeah, I, um, yeah, I I think that, you know, my initial thought is that I wanted the Cowboys to make it, just because I think that they're going to be the most exciting team to, if if they get in there, you know, they have the best chance of beating Tampa, um, but... I, I, I think I think I'm actually rooting for the Giants. I want to see the six and ten. It may never happen again. I want to see the six and ten uh uh div- division champ. The next game we have here was I think the most boring game of the week. The Rams nine at the Seahawks twenty. And my question for you guys is should I tweet at Sean McVay my idea about going to Jacksonville just in case he has a thought of it? I think he's thought of it. I said with this mask on, you look at his eyes. He's thinking of green. Yeah, I mean, uh, Cleve, Jared Goff has a broken thumb. He had surgery. He's going to miss the must-win game against Arizona to get the playoffs. My question to you is, who will start the game for the Rams now that Jared Goff is out? I have no I Well, I know it someone John that has zero Wolford. snaps. Wow, I believe the, not, not even a quarterback name. I believe the last time he played in anything yeah. was the AAF, right? Is John John Wolford yeah. beat out Kendall Hinton for the quarterback job at Wake Forest, which is why Kendall Hinton moved to wide receiver. That's how bad the Broncos' quarterback situation was. <laughs> they had to start the guy who had a position switch because <laughs> of John Wolford. Um, so yeah, as I recall, at Wake Forest, John Wolford wasn't anything special either. So. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that I want the Rams to make the playoffs, honestly. I don't know that I want Arizona to make it. I don't know that I want the Bears to make it. Basically, I want all the favorites to win in the first round, besides the Bucks, and then, like, start the divisional round where the NFC playoffs start, because I think all these teams are trash. <laughs> yeah. Wow. The Seahawks, I, I know, Dave, you're high on them, but I can't figure them out. Maybe yeah. this is just one of those games where they didn't have to do a whole lot to win, but it, it's, I mean, they're, they're, yeah. I mean, it just was a very, like, yeah, the, the Seahawks game plan so, in this and, game made a lot more yeah. sense because the Rams could not do anything on offense. And they're, it's like you drop back and throw with Aaron Donald rushing and Jalen Ramsey in coverage. You know, when the, when the opposing offense can't do anything, it makes more sense to just, I mean, they won this game by 11. It felt like they, they won, like the Bucks beat the Lions. Like the Rams never had a chance in this game, so I actually think that the that the Seahawks game plan in this specific game was correct. I have nothing bad to say about it. If they try to take the same approach into Green Bay, they will lose by thirty. Uh, so to, to circle back to to Wolford, so I, I had a feeling Wolford was the quarterback for Wake Forest when Virginia Tech and Wake Forest oh. regulation tied zero zero. Jeez. <laughs> yep. And the end game in OT was six to three. So that oh, great. tells you it's a everything. must win game. That's great. You got it. That's so great. That's great. 18 to 32, 160 yards and a pick in that game. It was zero zero. That was like that meme of Frank Beamer celebrating with the score zero zero. Well, they just <laughs> didn't make his abysmal. Wonderlick score public, which is a bad sign for a quarterback. They typically, they typically do pretty well on those. Oh, uh, so um, that's, that's a little rough. Uh, the next thing we have here, we have the Titans 14 at the Packers 40. I'm going to get through this one pretty quickly because um, I want to be able to discuss the next one for a little bit with Matt. But we have a couple things. One is that Aaron Rodgers will win the MVP. That's that's a given. That's a done. That's wrapped up. So um, I don't necessarily agree with that. I would still vote for Patrick Mahomes. But Rodgers will win it based on who's voting and all that. 
Devontae Adams, 11 catches for 142 yards and three touchdowns in a snowstorm. I mean, way to go. He actually had, uh, the to this point, he had the best fantasy points per game performance of a wide receiver ever, beating out 1987 Jerry Rice. Um, and Cleve was like 35 for that season, so he remembers that well. And then A.J. Dillon, their <laughs> second-round pick, uh, the rookie running back, finally healthy, comes into this game. 21 carries for 124 yards and two touchdowns. So they might have three legitimate running backs on this team now. Mm-hmm. The Titans yeah. looked so flat. Uh, early in the game, their receivers weren't making any cuts the way that they should have. And it was so clear that the Packers were cool with the weather and the Titans were not cool with the weather. Green Bay, baby. It is Hold Green Bay. <laughs> it is Green Bay, but and these are professionals. And I, you'd like to think that they would ha- they would feel a little bit more confident coming in. They have pregame warmups. They go out there. You know, it's it's just th- those are the types of things you'd like to think would be would not be an issue. But it just seemed very clear at the beginning. And I know that at one point it was nineteen fourteen, uh, but it was never really that close after that. And that was that Tannehill run. And I thought, oh great, Derrick Henry not getting the rock in my fantasy playoff. <laughs> so I do want to mention the weather. I think is so important <laughs> even with professionals. And this is um, a little disjointed, but. The best, generally, the best players come from the southeastern United States. Uh, this is because those are the states with the highest uh, per capita black populations, and black people are just better at football by and large. Uh, uh, I mean, y'all can argue if you want, but <laughs> math is math. Um, but a lot of those players have opportunities to go play other than the southeastern United States, and they choose not to. And there's a whole lot of reasons, but a very popular one is the weather in the other places. So what you have is you have a lot of these kids who could go play at Michigan or Ohio State or Penn State or Washington or whatever, but they decide to stay at Georgia and Florida State, uh, largely due to the weather. And then if they get drafted by a team like Tennessee, they still haven't had exposure to the weather. So even though they're professionals, if you have spent your entire life not from the Midwest to December, that could still be an issue. And so even if it applies to only three or four key players on a team, like AJ Brown's not used to that. Jeffrey Simmons isn't used to that. Derrick Henry certainly isn't used to that. You know, all of a sudden, um, that can be, you know, Ryan Tannehill's from Texas, went to AM, the play to Miami and the Nashville. He's not used to that. So it can actually I actually think it does matter still, even though you would like to think the professional players could just get it done. Um, and then the final game for the week we have to discuss here. We have the Bills thirty-eight at the Patriots nine. First and foremost, I'm happy, I'm happy for the Bills fans to sweep the Patriots. Um, I remember when the Lions finally sweeped the Packers a couple years ago. That felt that felt really good. Um, Cleve, a couple stat lines real quick. Josh Allen, 27 to 36, 320 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, your boy, Stephon Diggs, nine catches, 145 yards, three touchdowns. Man, all, he's number one in receiving. Yeah, so, uh, receiving so yards you know, Haskins might not be pulling his weight, that but just... somebody from the DMV is killing it out here. Um, and then, Matt, uh, you know, we had mentioned earlier mm-hmm. about the Chiefs sort of, you thought maybe be a bit of a downward slope this time of year going into the playoffs. Uh, the Bills, though, do seem to be ascending. Do you think the Bills are the team to beat in the AFC? <sighs> That's a really tough call. Because as you pointed out, you know they're going to have to go to Kansas City to beat them there, and um, that's a tough ask. 
especially if the Chiefs start looking more like the Chiefs. You know, we talked about them turning it on and being able to win a lot of games, but the Bills right now are playing with so much confidence, and you can really tell. Like, even when the Patriots scored to make it what could have been 10-10 but was 10-9, they didn't look like they were really flapped. I mean, they came right down the field and scored. They just, they knew they had the weapons, and they played the way that I've talked about with Kingsbury not doing that. They played like they knew they were the better team, and they were. And I think that they have reached a level of confidence that if they play the Chiefs again, number one, they know that they lost to them. They know that they can stay with them. And, yeah, sometimes the hot teams do come come out on top. And I could totally see that game being kind of similar to the Chiefs-Patriots AFC title game a couple years ago uh, where the Patriots came back came out on top in that one. And I could totally see a game like that where the Bills fall short by like three points because the Chiefs are just a little bit better. But it's like a seminal moment in their ascension to being one of the great I, teams. I completely agree with that take. Uh, Cleve, you got anything on this game? No, nah, just that, um, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to see that we have a representative from the AFC East looking like they can actually make something happen. So, you know, the, the Pats have ruled our division for damn near 20 years. It's good to see someone. Yeah, but else we already talked about the Dolphins. What do you, you know, think about the Bills? Good luck to them. <laughs> uh, I guess the same the same thing could apply because the Jets ain't <laughs> the Jets is not even in that you know whatever. But yeah, no, it's it's good to see that we do in all seriousness in, that we have someone else emerge. And I really think that. I hope that Bill Belichick finally got an idea of like, you know what? I need a, I need a couple weapons. I just can't win with the next guy up. And that, you know, that, that has worked in the past, but they need primary weapons. They need to get younger in some spots and they need defense. So, well, it tells you everything you need to know when Bill Belichick just chucks his phone. Oh yeah. That was uh, great. Someone got, got fired. Someone yeah. Got fired. <laughs> I thought that was great, but I mean, yeah, the, the like if, if people are wondering like if, why the Patriots are so bad it's like just look at what they're putting out there I mean that play where um, Bird dropped the ball it's like well that's everything that you need to know about the team this year like they're not putting out any quality and I honestly don't think that Brady would have made that much of a difference on this team to begin with because Uh, he wouldn't be throwing to anybody he was yep. throwing to less than what he threw to last year, and that was a uh, you know eleven win team, and they just don't have the personnel, and that doesn't no. mean that they can, and it doesn't mean that Bill is a bad coach, but I mean this game should have never been close. Yep. The Bills should have rolled them. They did. That's how it goes. Patriots are yeah. not good. Although I wish the season wasn't sixteen games because I do wish that the Patriots could finish six and nine. You know, you just have it be <laughs> right for the for the for all those all those shitty teams just finishing six and nine. I was like, that's perfect. By the way, speaking of which, I finished six and nine in one of my fantasy football leagues in the playoffs, and I faced my wife in the quarter. I mean, the semifinals this week. She had Josh Allen. I had Stefan Diggs. You all know. Okay, uh, something else. Oh, real quick, here. Did you just say your semifinals <laughs> so, were week sixteen, so your championship is week seventeen? You definitely want to change that going forward because anybody yeah. with the Chiefs uh, or anybody with Bills won't have them in the. It won't have them in the uh, championship round. Definitely want to make your championship week sixteen. I can't. Yeah, we just do it. We we did a, a a league for fun this year, which is four te- four people, like our little friend group, because it was just well, we're not going to go full in on it. But it is funny how our our 
our league is like the NFC East, except there's an 11 and three team. Then there was two six and nine teams, and like a seven and seven team or something like that. And then there you uh, go. I'm hey, gonna if, the if the Patriots do finish six and nine, Grunk might come back. <laughs> nice. He definitely might. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I remember when he called Tom Brady a species man instead of a specimen. I was like, that's so on brand. Species. Jesus. <laughs> he also said yo soy fiesta that one. Oh, like, it works perfectly. Oh. <laughs> okay, uh Matt, are we losing you here for real life or staying with us? Okay, perfect. So we're gonna move on into next week. Um, and obviously we're gonna have a huge, huge focus here on the games that have playoff implications. So um the first game is the Vikings and Lions. Nope. <laughs> Falcons and Bucks, nope. Jets and Patriots, hell nope. Um nope. Dolphins and Bills do, and this is gonna nope. be an interesting one because the Dolphins are winning in, and the Bills, I don't they're not, I don't think they're locked into the number two seed. So the question is, how important They're is not. that to them? Or do they just say two or three doesn't matter to us? We're resting everybody. And here comes Matt Barkley against the Dolphins. I mean, yeah. well, playing a home game as far as you can in the playoffs could mean something to them. Because if the Steelers, if the Steelers win and the Bills win, they win that tiebreaker. So they'd be able to play a home game all the way through until and, and possibly mm-hmm. even in the AFC championship game, if the chiefs get, uh, get tripped up before then. So if it were me, I would think it's important. And from a divisional standpoint, I'd want to make sure that the division rivals so get the hell in the that's, playoffs. Uh, that is, that is interesting. And I agree with you that you want to try to finish as high a seat as possible. However, there's two ways for the bills to do that. The bills could do that by winning or the next game we have here, the Steelers at the Browns, they can do it if the Steelers lose. And the Browns are also winning in situation. So if you're the Bills and this game goes at the same time, yes. you could be thinking, okay, we can play our starters against the Dolphins, probably win, and lock up the 2-seed. We can rest our starters, maybe still win anyways, and lock up the 2-seed. Or then count on Cleveland at home, having to beat the Steelers to get in, and then we can protect Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs for sure. Personally, I would take the rest of the starters and bank on the Browns because while having the two number two overall seed is important, having Josh Allen and Steph Diggs is more important. Do do so with the Steelers, um I, I mean, the uh Browns. Any did anyone test positive? From who's been, um, uh, who's not, been you know, not that I've heard the ones, are the they, ones that are in, would um, they be available? Okay. Uh, just in close contact should be able to come back. I don't know which one was positive, but as long as, yeah, as, long as it okay. wasn't Jarvis Landry. It was a linebacker. <laughs> oh. No, they were all close contact, I believe. Okay. I think it was a linebacker. Okay, perfect. Not so, yeah, so they were all, they were all close, just close contact. So, they should, they should all be back. So if I'm the Bills, I rest my starters and rely on the Browns in a must-win situation. Um, I know that like Matt Barkley and Cole Beasley yeah. might beat the Dolphins anyways. Um, and so we talk about the Steelers and Browns again. Browns winning in. Now, we also have the Cowboys playing the Giants. This is a massive game. The winner of this game will win the division if the Washington football team loses Sunday night. 
So neither of these teams are winning in, but they both need to win this game to have a chance. Cleve, who's going to win? How was the Giants? Matt? Uh, I, I got All right, well, it looks like I'm the only one that values the listeners. I got the Giants. Um, By the, If the Giants win the division, Cleve, can we have your friend on so that he can fly his 6-10 and 10 oh, divisional man. banner? Can we do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, he's probably going to wear a hat and want to uh, put up and, and yeah, all of that. He so can come on hands. if they also win the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, yeah, you have to uh, – the, 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 the argument is that your team sucks and doesn't really matter. If they win the division, they matter tangentially. They still suck. Um, Ravens and Bengals. Ravens are winning in situation. Yeah. <laughs> they get the Bengals on the road. Now the Bengals are on a two-game winning streak as well. Um, so the Ravens have to really show up for that game, but I think that they will. Colts, Jaguars. Colts are win, but they need help. They need all these other AFC teams that are winning in to lose. One of them. They need one of them. They need the Ravens to lose, the Browns to lose, happen. the Dolphins to lose. Or the Titans to lose. Yeah, the, and the Titans are playing the Texans. I mean, some of these matchups are interesting because a lot of these losing teams like to play spoiler at the end of the year. And so it's not a guarantee necessarily that even the Colts are going to beat the Jaguars because the Jaguars have been in some of these games, even starting Mike Glennon, knowing that they're – and they don't have to worry about continuing to lose. They've locked up the number one pick. I think this could be interesting. I think there could be a lot more close games because so much is on the line, and some of these teams that need to win might play so, a little bit Matt, tighter. So, you mentioned you had Derrick Henry on your fantasy team and you're in your championship in Week 17. Congratulations, yes. congratulations on your title. That's correct. Derrick, Derrick Henry is yeah, going to run, probably gonna run for like 500 yards and nine touchdowns in this game if it's necessary. But the Texans cannot stop them. They, they, they cannot stop him. They're just they're just not constructed for it. They're terrible. <laughs> this game is in the dome, so weather's not an issue. Like the Derrick Henry is oh, going to have an insane game, especially because Deshaun Watson can sort of keep the Texans in the game for a little bit. Yeah, give me. I don't know what the mm-hmm. rushing prop line for Derrick Henry is for yards, but I want the over. He's he is going to absolutely smash this week. By the, I love how they've structured the games this week. They seem to have shuffled them around so that mm-hmm. a lot of the important matchups are all playing at the same time. So there's not going to be some scoreboard watching and then having you know, some teams take the night off and possibly affect the uh, the outcome of some other games. So I like what they've done. With yeah, them. no, this, I agree. Um, European you soccer or like um, oh, World Cup soccer, the last games of the group, the last games of the group stage are always both are played at the same time. So like teams can't know and take off or whatever. So. Uh, I like that. Um, next game here, because mm-hmm. we mentioned Titans and Texans, we have the Cardinals at the Rams. Um, now, is this a win and end win and end scenario for both of them, or do they have? Uh, yeah, Rams are in if they win. Arizona's in what they win. That's, yes, because the Bears needed the Cardinals to lose both games and. Um, some other team to lose both games, I think. So I, I believe so. I believe they're both winning in. And it's interesting if neither one of them has a starting quarterback. It could be the worst yes. game of the week, and the winner's going to get into the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, fuck. And if it's the, and if it's the Cardinals, <laughs> McVay's going to be a Jaguar. Um, okay, so yeah. So that is exactly right. We have the battle of backup quarterbacks for that one. 
uh, Saints Panthers. I don't think that matters because I have have the Packers locked up home field. So the interesting part about that is um, in scenario in which the Packers and Saints, I believe, finish tied with each other, the Packers win that tiebreaker. The one interesting part is if the Packers, Saints, and Seahawks finish 12-4, and four, the Saints actually get the number one seed and get home field advantage. So there are some there are Okay, some so for that to happen, we need there. what? A Packers loss and the Seahawks and Saints both win? Okay, so there is, there is a path forward for the Saints yes. there and includes winning. So we will see the Saints starters against the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have Packers-Bears, which... So the mm-hmm. Packers win, they have home field locked up. And if the Bears win, they're in the playoffs. So yes. both way starters there. Yes, and I think... I think if the uh, Packers in Seattle finish tied, I believe the Packers win that tiebreaker as well because I think they beat them earlier in the year. So pa- the Green Bay has the easier path forward, but uh, if all three finish tied, okay. that, that, so that would be So that tells me the Seahawks cannot get the first overall seed. I think they okay. can if they finish tied with the Saints or something like that. Like if the Saints and Seahawks finish t- something like that. I can't remember what it is. It's up there. I can't remember. They did, they do. They have that whole yes. new thing now on NBC. That's like the, the dirty guy. You better put some respect on the nerdy Kornacki's guy name. out there doing it. And he went Kornacki. Yeah, I could. Yeah, but <laughs> I like. I I actually, I, lo- I love it. I think it's actually a great great thing. But uh, I can't remember. All, he went over all the scenarios and <laughs> um, just getting old and can't. Yeah, remember Steve Kornacki. That's my man. Sunday right night. There. So. I love that guy. <laughs> um, so then we have uh, Chargers at the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get uh, Justin Herbert versus Matt Moore. Actually, actually, if I'm the Chargers, we get Tyrod Taylor. Yes. I there's no reason to play Justin Herbert in this game. I mean, is there risking him? Yeah. What's the point? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I absolutely awesome. agree. Plus, I have a soft spot for Tyrod. Um, so, so then we have Seahawks at the 49ers, yeah, yeah, and we're going to get guy. the full Seahawks players in that one because they still have something to play for. Mm-hmm. And then the final game on Sunday or on Sunday mm-hmm. afternoon, 4:25 games, Raiders at Broncos. God, red zone, red zone. Oh, really show the I'll be playing Xbox. Um, and then the Sunday nighter, we got we yep. got the big one Sunday night, Washington <laughs> at Philadelphia. The if Washington wins this game, they will win the NFC East. If the Eagles win this game, the winner from earlier in the day mm-hmm. of the Cowboys or the Giants will win the NFC East. That's right. And I like the way that they structured that because this game means so much more. It's two crappy teams playing each other, but we're probably all going to want to tune in because we know that there's something. On yeah. The also, we want to so see the, I like the, the, I like the way they guys between Jalen Hurts and Taylor Heineke. <laughs> um. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's the sort of upcoming look for the, for the preview for, for next week and now i want the listeners to know that we haven't formalized this yet but i have a feeling that next week we're going to spend a lot more time talking about the upcoming playoff matchups and less time reviewing like raiders broncos um so yeah just next week we might skip over some of the final games if they ended up not not mattering too much matt do you have a good feel good story for us I have two things. Uh, the Miami uh, Raiders game, the, the final 26-25, it was the 1,064th unique final score in NFL history. Yeah, it is Scorigami. That's correct. And uh, the good story for the week was Juju. 
Uh, instead of uh, dancing on the logos, he cleared $25,000 worth of layaway for Christmas gifts and essentials for 170 families, and he also paid for yeah, Christmas yeah, I love gifts for about 200 that guy, kids. That guy is so awesome. Good on him. Good good on him. Um, also, him. when he was a uh, high school recruit, he came down to USC or Notre Dame, and I hate Notre Dame so much. When he chose USC, I was so happy. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, so I actually have a feel good sort of thing <laughs> as well. And uh, there's a Twitter account called at champion causes. And what they ask for is that if you win a lot of money in fantasy football, you know, either win your season long league or you win in DFS or something like that, uh, you can go to at champion causes and get a list of players and the charities they're associated with. And if a player is important to you and winning money, Please make a donate a small portion of your winnings as a donation to that player's charity. Yeah, so that's definitely something out there too. Or if you just want to make a donation that's to somebody cool. and you have a favorite player or whatever, it could be a it could be a good way to do that. So that's my feel good thing. And then for college, uh, New Year's Day, which is Friday, we have the playoff. Uh, we have Alabama, um, Notre Dame, which Alabama should win that game by. 500 points, but Notre Dame, Notre Dame is not bad. Sure. Notre Dame is not a bad team. Sure. Alabama has had some hits, you know, because I have a great defense this year because nobody does because of COVID. So Notre, that game will be entertaining, but still worth watching for the Alabama players, especially on offense. You want to see Devontae Smith. This, this kid is electric, and it could go anywhere in the draft in the first round. But then the other game, uh, Clemson, Ohio State, we're going to get Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Fields. Khalid, this is very important for you. You don't get Trevor Lawrence, but you'll want to see Justin Fields against uh, Clemson because it's going to come down to Fields versus uh, Zach Wilson for you guys at number two. And you'll really want to get a feel for for mm-hmm. for, the, for the Fields kid. Okay. Hey, Cleve, you want the kid from BYU because you know he can't get mono. <laughs> not, not exactly. I was going to make a very off-colored... Color Listen, Jim McMahon was BYU, but yeah, I know for a fact he had <laughs> at some point in his life. So <laughs> they're not all seen, y'all. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh shit! All right, guys. So it's been a great show. Um, this was actually our last show of um, of 2020. Uh, we're going to be doing the show 2021. Will be the next time we 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 hot these mics up. So. Uh, I hope you guys are safe for your holiday. I mean, I won't be going anywhere, so I'll be kind of just home. But, uh, you know, if you are going to venture out, do anything. Happy New Year. Safe. Thank God. Same to you, man. Happy New Year, guys. All right. See you. <laughs> All right. See you guys next week.